Welcome back to Growing Places, a podcast about all things economic development here in the Sioux Falls metro area, brought to you by the Sioux Metro Growth Alliance. Good day, and welcome back to the Growing Places podcast. I am your host today, Jesse Fonkert. I have the pleasure of hosting some of my friends from the other Tigers in the States. No, it's not Mowbridge Pollock. It is uh, Harrisburg, the Harrisburg School District. So today we're talking about some local workforce development stuff. So uh, I would like my guest to introduce themselves. Who do I have with me today? Hey, Jesse Treslape here. I serve as the District Innovative Programs Director. I am Brianne Lynch, and I am the Career and Education Coordinator. So, Travis, what does that mean? Well, I think it's just duties as assigned. Typically, the district is growing constantly, and we're thinking through new programs, new learning opportunities for our kids. And so in my position, I have the opportunity not only to work with staff and students inside our district, but I also get to go out into our community and and really think about the future of what do we want our kids to leave Harrisburg with and have the opportunities to do right here in our community of Harrisburg as we continue to grow and develop as, as a community. So how does that work with Brianne's position? So I get to take big ideas that Mr. Lape has and make them a reality. So I get to help connect community to kids and kids to community on an everyday basis. So you actually get stuff done, in other words? 100% the get stuff done lady. I like that. I like that a lot. So what attracted you two to this line of work? I think for me, it was more about asking ourselves, are we really preparing the kids for the future? Uh, the world has changed from when you and I went to school or even from when our parents went to school, and the workforce has changed. Uh, what the what the workforce is demanding of kids and adults today is different than even just 10 years ago. So my big push is, if we're really saying we're preparing kids for the future, what is that? And do we really even know that as a public K-12 institution if we never go out to our community and find out what's happening in manufacturing, what's happening in construction, what's happening in banking, and really saying, okay, this is really what's going on now today. How does that look like in our schools? Jesse, I think for me, it's ultimately we want our youth to become well-rounded, productive members of society. And how do we do that? And if we can do that by connecting our kids to community and really exposing their skills, their likes, their interests, and their passions early and often, then we know they're going to stick around and be part of our great community. You sound like an Augie grad with some of those words that you threw around. You Boo. wish I was an Augie grad. <laughs> and so for our listeners, where did you two go to school at? So I uh, got my undergrad and my master's from the University of Sioux Falls. Go Koo! <coughs> Go Koo! Excuse me, just had a cough really, really quick. I graduated from Morningside University, and I also have a master's degree from USF. Wow. I have a ton of respect for uh, getting to those points. Those institutions uh, have their own merit. Uh, that I won't comment here. <laughs> As a good Augustana Viking, we don't, we don't want to sell anybody's reputations. Um, we're, we're, we're all about the community. So I think I really appreciated hearing what you had to say about connecting with businesses and organizations outside of the school districts. I feel like all too often we get our own, in our own bubbles and especially in our own kind of echo chambers in any organization or industry. And so how do you feel like the work that you've been doing with different businesses across the region has changed or impacted the way students think about their future versus maybe just automatically going into one certain path? 
Great question. I think the biggest thing we've seen is that students start to take ownership of their own learning and their own instructional pathways. They start to ask questions. Um, so our sophomores and juniors aren't just saying, well, I've got to go to that four-year college or university to be successful. They're starting to see other pathways to success, whether that's an apprenticeship or an internship. They're getting out into our community and being exposed to different options that maybe their parents didn't expose them to or previously in school they didn't see as an option for them. Um, so it's just the learners taking ownership of who they want to become. And it's also then getting out, and I think part of our role is exposing different opportunities to parents early and often. And so we do that through a learner interest day process for our little kids. So kindergarten through fifth graders get the opportunity to interact with a business and community partner about once a year for an hour, but they get to choose who they want to interact with. And that could be HVAC, it could be retail, it could be culinary arts. So they really get to see a bigger picture. And then we put out a sweet little thank you um, out to our, our sponsors that help with that, our business partners and parents get to see who those people are. And then maybe that means they stop by their business and see a little bit more about what they do and who they are in the community and their, their learner. And that experience starts to tie all those relationships together. And kids and parents are asking good questions and looking at different opportunities for the future. That sounds like a pretty intimate experience. And I think there's many folks out there that see Harrisburg as this big school district. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's really not. It's, it's well connected. There's tons of businesses that are engaged in the community. Can you speak about that a little bit? Yeah, I think that's what's made Harrisburg unique is we are constantly growing uh, in in new families to our district, new uh, learners to our district, and we're constantly building new schools. But we've been able to, so far, be able to keep a really small town feel. Yeah. And it, it, it's happened with the school board being very, very intentional with how big our schools are. Um, so when you have an elementary school that only can be at a capacity of about 550 kids, it allows you to have a little community in a big area. And so with our seven elementaries, our two middle schools, and our high school, that allows us to still have that kind of small town feel, but in a growing area where we, where we can provide a lot of different opportunities that maybe weren't in Harrisburg, 15 years ago or even five and I would agree yeah. with that, even at the high school level. So we took all the 16 career clusters that we've heard about for years and years, right, when we take those career interest surveys, and we boiled those down to eight pathways at the high school. So it's a little bit more digestible and easily understood for parents and for learners. And so those pathways then start to build communities amongst themselves. So we get kids that may start in an introductory class, like introducing to building trades, and then they start to make a relationship with that instructor, and then they start to take dual credit opportunities in residential construction, or they build a relationship with an agricultural education instructor with that introductory level course, and then they start to build from there. So I think a lot of folks would be surprised to learn that Harrisburg is a pretty diverse school district from a demographic standpoint of you know income. You work with a variety of families that are at all ends of the spectrum that are working in manufacturing jobs to, I would say, probably positions in healthcare and healthcare administration and, and in, uh, gosh, probably just doctors and surgeons, et cetera. What's been the reception from, from those families of, of, of all that spectrum to the programming that you give their kids on this side of things? You, you know, I think the, the excitement for us and what we hear from even our interns when they come back is just the doors that have been open for them. Uh, you, when we think back to even our high school experience, Jesse, 
I just remember them saying, hey, congratulations on graduation day. Now you're off. And what did that mean? Like, what happened if I needed a bank loan? What happened if I needed a car fixed or I need to get insurance now? None of that was really ever talked about in our K-12 experience. And so we then had to figure that out. And if we had a, a supportive family and we our parents were there to walk us through that, great. But for some of our kids, that that support isn't there. And so what can we do as a K-12 institution to surround our kids with a network of people who may or may not come into their life and play a role right away, but five years down the road, they can remember that experience back in high school, that junior, senior experience of where they connected with somebody in finance and was like, oh, you know what? I got their card. I need. I want to reach out and just ask a couple questions. And so I think it's about surrounding our kids with a network of support so that when they do leave us, they are still surrounded with people that are there in their corner to support them. And so I think for us, our, our community has been excited about these these changes and this this energy around workforce for us because they're seeing us really touch all spectrums from medical to construction to HVAC to welding to plumbing because all of those positions matter and it doesn't matter which role you go into it's you could be very successful going in as working for a construction company because that's where your passion lies and all the opportunities that open up from that uh, for our kids so I think for our community Really being able to address that has been the hardest thing for us in our roles is getting that message out because right. too often right now we're pushing that four year and that doesn't that's kind of gone away. Like there are still positions that are gonna require four year, that's not going away, but the two year or right to the workforce, those those two options now have become even more important and even more successful in some roles because of the way the companies are starting to organize themselves. I think everything we do is relational, right? Everything we want to do is open a pathway or an opportunity or help a student or a parent build a relationship with a business and community partner. Because if we can build that relationship, opportunities seem to fall into place for kids. And maybe parents don't necessarily have that network to support kids or to provide certain uh, doors for them or, you know, opportunities. Uh, just a statistic I heard the other day that the median income of the Harrisburg School District is $111,000. I know. Shocking. Wow, right? The median huge. median income. And but you have to remember that's the very middle, right? right? So we have parents and families way above that, but yeah. we also have parents and families way below that. So you're exactly right. But one thing that transcends income is relationships. And if we can help kids and parents feel supported and trusted and build relationships amongst the community, their learners will be successful. So I think during really strong economic conditions like we're experiencing in South Dakota today, there's not always an emphasis to be thinking long term about what you need to be doing as far as education or skill development is concerned. Now, are you experiencing that in your level? Are you having a hard time convincing students and parents that we need to be investing in, in into ourselves, both either on an education side or on a internship? Maybe you understand what I'm trying to say. 
I think you're right. I think transferable skills are huge, and we have to remember that those are being developed in our elementary buildings, our middle school kids, but also in our high school kids. And all of our career and technical education programs, and I would lobby that even math, science, English, those courses are still trying to develop soft skills in kids, right? Things like accountability, timeliness, being open and honest, communicating well. Uh, communication is the number one skill. I don't care what you do in life. If I you agree don't, 100%. If you don't communicate well, you're probably not going to be successful. However you define success is up to you, but it's probably yeah. not going to be a gold star next to success if your communication skills are poor. So I think first thing is soft skills. Those are going to be transferable across career pathways. The second thing is we do have a lot of opportunities to build some hard skills that come along with a credential. So we have students that come out of high school CNA certified. We have lots of kids that come out with dual credits and not just four-year dual credit opportunities, but dual credits from technical schools in our area, which is really valuable. They can jump into a two-year degree program, you know, six months ahead, and that's awesome. Uh, The apprenticeships, the youth internships, those types of things are great as well for getting some of that experience and on-the-job training. And we have some of those partners then that are willing to take those internship hours and document those according to apprenticeship needs, and then they can jump right in and they're ahead of their peers that didn't have that experience. So there's some hard skills there with different certifications and credentials, but that soft skill development is good. And then the experiential piece of being out and working with adults. If there's a business in the Sioux Falls Metro or say Harrisburg or T that is looking for uh, interns or looking to get involved, you know, what does that process look like from your side of things? For us, it's just meeting. We, we want to learn about them. Uh, we want to find out what their needs are. How, how can a school district like Harrisburg support them uh, and, and help them along developing whatever that might look like? And so Brianne and I can come to the table with our educational background, how programming could work, what we offer at the high school. Uh, we love bringing business and industry in and showing them our, our spaces and what, what courses we offer, uh, where we want to get to, what some of our goals are in mind, and really connecting each other's passions. But first and foremost, it's learning about them uh, and and getting to know them and their needs and then saying, okay, we can connect you here or this is how this could look. And we have found that to be a huge success because businesses will, will tell us all the time, like, we'd love to get into schools, but we don't know how. Like we would love to, we'd love to come talk to a class, but we don't know how, or we've tried and nobody calls us back. Well, Brianne and I, that's, that's what we want to do. We want to connect, get them in our schools, get them in front of our kids and really build that relationship with them to say, okay, now you've, you've talked to a couple classes, you want to form an internship program. Let's talk through what does that look like? So again, we really encourage our business partners and the individuals we've met so far that they don't have to have this figured out. It's great if they do, but they don't have to because we can come in and we can be a partner along the way. We can talk about pros and cons to different structures, and then we can get them set up and rolling, whatever that might look like for them. Are there any students right now that are looking for experiences that you have not found businesses for? Yeah, the hardest ones are some of the most demanding career fields, though, too. So things like in the judicial system, people that maybe want to become lawyers or paralegals or represent or work with minority groups or children um, in social work, those types of areas are typically hard. Um, Other things that can be challenging sometimes are other aspects of law enforcement. So people that are maybe interested in the military or being a police officer someday, those types of internship placements are challenging. Um, And then oftentimes, some of just the obscure ones like I have a student this semester that's interested in animal breeding so wants to become maybe the next what? best dog breeder or so, something like that so let's break that down for a second 
animal breeding, like like you know husbandry or like being like on a farm yeah. type of yeah, stuff, something or more like, like that. But I think we have to remember that the agricultural industry is much bigger than what we traditionally think of as oh, ag, right? So, it's, um, it's yes, science. this this young lady is interested, and she's been involved in our FFA program. She's taken a lots of classes inside of agricultural education, but she's interested in kind of like designer dog situation where you figure out which type of breed you're interested in and how you breed them the best for either family use or for showing, whatever that may be. So I actually, we did find a business partner locally in the community that specializes in English bulldogs. And so she's able to complete an internship learning specifically about breeding English bulldogs. That's really cool. I'm trying to think back to my experience in school. Is that the Punnett Square? Is that what it was called? <laughs> Where you try to match things up to get the characteristics at the end. Blue eyes. Blue yeah, hair. yeah, all that, all that jazz, man. It really takes me back to uh, two days. I don't think about a whole lot anymore. So, as we kind of wrap up this this segment, I have a few more questions for you. And and one that kind of sticks out to me is, can you can you both maybe name one moment or one experience that really transformed or affirm your view on the work that you do? So this brings me back to our very first year when we launched this. Um, we, The district spent some time looking at other models and other districts that had kind of been doing some of this work and really asking ourselves, why aren't we doing this? And so we came back and really the task was, hey, in about four months, we want to launch our first internship program. And so it was all all hands on deck trying to figure out what's this going to look like, how are we going to do this. Uh, we started with a small group of about seven interns, and one of those interns connected with Muth Electric mm. uh, out of Mitchell. And it was it was an incredible process because we were able to connect him, but it was a, it was, it was a long, drawn-out process. He really didn't start working with Muth until almost the end of April. Uh, but... By the time we got all the dots connected, everything through, he started working in April with them. This young man stayed on over the summer with Muth. Muth ended up having a Muth Electric Scholarship to pay for his two-year degree at Mitchell Tech. And during the summer, his crew that he was on actually were trying to convince him not to go to school, to stay with them because they didn't want to lose him. Like he was doing such a great job with them. And so their um, educational coordinator had to step in and be like, nope, like he's going to go to it. He's going to get his degree. His two years are going to be paid for. And when he's done, if if your crew is open, he can come back. And so (laughs) it's it's been an incredible journey to watch this young man uh, really find a his passion, but then also aligning him with a company in a in in a business that really believes in him. And they believed in him young. I mean, as a as a high school senior, they said. Let's do this. And his his path forward now, the opportunities that will open up for him have just been incredible. And so he finished his two-year last year, and he's still working working with them and, and doing some incredible things uh, with, with the organization. So that, to me, stands out as, like, when you connect the right pieces to the puzzle, great things can happen for kids. And how about you? You're making some faces. You probably can't see that in the podcast world, but... 
I don't know if I can pick one story, Jesse. Oh, that's the problem. Yeah, of course. I'm not surprised. No, I just think we've had so many great successes. And we have to remember, we work with 17 and 18-year-old kids when it comes to internships, and they're going to make mistakes. But for the most part, this has been highly successful. High school kids make mistakes. Yeah, and so do I, and I'm old, so it's okay. (laughs) Uh, You know, we all learn from that. And I would say any type of mistake that a kid made in regards to the internship has been a really great learning experience for them. And I'm glad they've sort of failed forward. You know, we've had really good debriefing conversations with those business partners at the table and we've learned things and kids have learned things too about how man i'm glad i did this at 18 and i agree I'm- with that 100 i always felt that way with my internships was that the ones that i didn't like were the best ones because it taught me that's not the path i want to go right yeah absolutely but i think you know if we sat here and tried to tell all of our success stories this would become more than a 20 minute podcast so for your listeners uh, i would just say the one thing that i think i keep coming back to is we connect kids with an internship and sometimes it is a lengthy process like travis said like it can get drawn out and there's some hoops we have to jump through but it's always worth it in the end and i just think the success stories that are worth sharing are the ones where these businesses and organizations then when these interns are done when they hit kind of that 80 100 hour mark and they're like oh bye see you later have fun graduate and see what happens in life uh nope these organizations are creating part-time positions for our kids because they don't want to lose them. You know, we need workforce here in our area. And Absolutely. when these kids are doing a great job and they've built a relationship, they don't want them to walk out the door. So multiple organizations have just created part-time positions for our interns to keep them because they don't want to lose them. Uh, last question. Have you gotten to the point yet where your interns are coming back to hire the next generation of interns? Are we still not quite to that point in the timeline yet? We're not quite to that point in the timeline yet. So, I mean, realistically, we're three and a half years into this from the very first cohort that Travis had of seven. But we're close. We're getting to that point. Um, And I think it's really interesting. I just got a phone call yesterday from a young man who's in his second year at Southeast Tech. Um, His internship partner, he was out at Tessier's, which is a commercial HVAC company here. And uh, they said, hey, buddy, you're doing a great job. Uh, we're going to pay for school this year. We're going to wow. pay for school next year. Um, and he's already talking to his buddies back in high school that he played football with growing up. And he's like, hey, if you're interested in HVAC, give me a call. Yeah, I'll take you. good money in that. Uh, so if there's a business or a party out there that wants to get a hold of you and learn more about your programs, how, how do they do that? You know, the best way is just jump on our district website, connect with us at the high school uh, Brianne's a great contact to give a call or an email to, uh, and she'll set up the the visit if that's coming out to the high school and seeing what we offer and all the opportunities, or if the first one is you want to bring us out to your space and have us see what you do. Um, We love being able to do that because that helps us even open up doors of, oh, this would be a really cool spot to bring kids on a tour or... um, have an opportunity for our kids just to see that. So I think the first thing is just jump on our, our website. Um, Brianne Lynch um, is our career and technical coordinator, and she could help facilitate all of that as, as that sets up. What Travis is saying is he doesn't make calendar invites. I do. So cool. uh, I'm the brains of the organization. And so uh, we go together as a team and make this work. But yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of us. Just drop us an email. We'd love to either check out your business or you can come in and see our career and technical education programs in action at Harrisburg High School. And what's that website? HarrisburgDistrict41-2.org. That's a long website, but I'm sure if you Google Harrisburg SD, you will find it. You'll find it. Uh, but also, if you're interested in learning more about their work in workforce development for students, you can come to our Grow Smarter conference on April 11th through 13th. Brianne and Travis will be presenting to us. Want to give us a quick sneak peek before we exit here today? 
I think it'll be motivational, inspirational, and maybe a little surprising. Ooh, that sounds great. I'm already intrigued. <laughs> Wade, thank you for being with us here today. And uh, remember to go Tigers. Thanks for listening to Growing Places. Follow us on social media at Sue Metro. Tune in next time to the next episode of Growing Places. And always leave things better than the way you found them.